When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Witcher friends from Cairborn to Nilfgaard. Welcome to another episode of the Podcast Surprise. This time, we're back under different circumstances, and we're really excited because how long did we wait for this? Two years? Two years to cover The Witcher Season 2. We're really, really excited to be here. We're a dual podcast. We have a podcast on YouTube and also on Anchor.fm, where you can find the link in the description of the video. Basically, we're into all sorts of different podcast platforms. And yeah, we have a bunch of different episodes. We actually covered the first two books for those of you that are getting into the books. And now we're going to be covering the show. Are we excited, guys? I, I, we've been waiting so long for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't speak for everyone else, but yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't have a sound effect for yeah, but yeah. I can say <laughs> I don't speak for everybody else, but yeah, you're all excited. <laughs> <laughs> and Mikau, of course, you get introduced to your favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't waiting for this. <laughs> uh, before we get started, a big shout out to Morley, who generously uh, is throwing a coin. Love all three of you with my heart, all of my heart. Thank you for always bringing us fabulous content. Anybody else that's joining us from all over the continent, like we said, Tamaria, Nilfgaard, Caramorn, or you're in Pobis, we're really, really happy that you're here. Really, really uh, started off the, the season with yeah. great atmosphere, dialogue, and introduction into new characters. We got a grain of truth. We covered this episode. This is one of the first episodes we ever covered on the podcast. One of our favorite short stories because it has... Such a great depth to it, and it has interesting characters like the character of Nivelin. Uh what, what, what are we supposed to do about this? Yeah. We, we, we this <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that was a real curveball, man. They're like, Nivelin. Like, what? That's how you say it? Like, Forget oh, man. It. I'm turning the season off. This is all ruined. <laughs> Yeah. They got us good there. <laughs> um, yeah, let's kind of jump into it. Where, let's go, Aziz. This was tied for the highest rated episode. You know, IMDb ratings, just, you know, it's just for fun. It's not a it's not a be all end all. It's not some final say, but it's a kind of a neat thing to look at. It comes in at 8.7 and it'll be neat to see if that changes because this is obviously it's only been 22 days since this episode's been out. So it's not even been out a month. So things will change. This is very good. I, I think. When they do an episode that sticks to the books, they do it really well. Now, I'm not someone who who thinks that every episode has to stick to the books. It's not possible to do that. I don't. I'm not a stickler for that. But I do really like when they're able to. And this was really well done. It was a good combination of what they're going for, which was updating the material, making it work a little better for the screen, uh, fitting in the existing characters that weren't there because. A grain of truth, second short story ever. Didn't even have Siri or Yennefer, who probably didn't even exist or only were seeds in Sapkowski's mind at that point. Allows you to have fun with what you already know while being introduced to some new stuff. You know, there's a lot of book fans who are expecting a one-to-one -one adaptation. And, you know, we're book fans, but we are also under the expectation that there is going to be changes for an adaptation. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked this episode. I was kind of, I wasn't sure if I was going to, because um, if you've listened to our episode on The Grain of Truth or 
any of the other episodes in which Kyle reminds everyone <laughs> that I don't like Novellan. Um, I don't like Novellan. Um, and I, you know, I have some issues with that story. So I, I was, I, I wasn't going in convinced that I was going to be persuaded by it, but I actually really was. Um, I thought it was a really strong opening episode. They did a lot of great thematic stuff, setting the table with the idea of, you know, monsters and, you know, what, what makes a monster and, and who feels like a monster because of their actions and, and all that. And yeah, I, I thought Christopher Hugh was amazing. He really sunk his teeth <laughs> into the role. Um, and his tusks. Yeah. It was a real and yeah, it was a good, role, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> but yeah it was it, it hit emotionally in the right places it you know the arena stuff was very effective i thought yeah I, I really liked it yeah just super good all the different ambulance the acting the storytelling the setup for future episodes which which is not a part of the original short story it doesn't really set up much it just tells you you know here's stuff happening in the world here's more about Geralt. but it was also a very long episode it was over an hour so they got to do a lot of different things Totally agree about Verena. Super well done. Ultra creepy, but not just creepy, heartrending. Like you feel sad, which is an important element of the original short story. Her saying to uh, Siri, "You're a lot like me." Uh, that's like, you know what I mean? There. So Ooh, that, that, yeah. there's a lot of elements that we're going to talk about. And that's kind of what we do in the podcast. Surprise, guys! In case you're new here, we talk about different story elements, the craft. We try to analyze the characters and their actions. We talk about obviously the setting that they're into. There's a lot of different locations, so we try to get. We'll have some of our podcast format, but we're also kind of you know a little bit more chill with the show show vibes too. Another thing that I thought was really awesome, that courtyard fight was absolutely fantastic. Of course, in the first episode of first episode ever of The Witcher, we got uh, the lesser evil stuff. And that's one of my favorite episodes. That's probably my favorite short story other than, you know, uh, The Last Wish. But I was really, really impressed by the CGI, like Verena, her vampire form and Geralt using two signs in this episode, Axie and Ard. The CGI, you could tell, definitely leveled up, right? We kind of knew critics harped on that. And there was some criticisms. And oh, 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 they should have been open because, you know, there was some things that definitely could have been done better. But now, you know, they got, I think I believe it was the Mandalorian team working on The Witcher. They got that money. To touch on what you're saying there about her friendliness towards Siri. I thought that was the creepiest part of all. Definitely the CGI was awesome on her. It was a really good fight. You know, to me, a fight, the fight is like gravy. Like it's never going to make or break the episode, but when it's good, it sure does help. It sure does help a lot, you know, and this was cool because it just shows how otherworldly she is and how much she is part monster, but has recognizable human emotions that we normally celebrate right like true love is a theme here and that's supposed to be a good thing but it's it's sort of a good thing because it breaks the curse but mostly it's a bad thing because yeah well i don't know how you want to frame it but it's certainly not simple (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if most relationships have someone letting someone else feed on them for blood not literally Uh, (laughs) 
but there's definitely toxic relationships. Marina had you know? those eyes too. The, in her costume, her eyes were similar to like, you know, the eyes are something definitely that I focus on in The Witcher. You know, we ha- obviously have Vesemir. You know, like you focus on his eyes and all, all all of his scenes when he's talking because obviously Witcher's eyes and part of their physical appearance that's something that gets, gets altered. But that was something that was creepy about her that I just wanted to say. I was like, oh, okay, like I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? That made it, it, she looked like a vampire. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> It's hard to it's hard to put it this way, but like if vampires were were real, I feel like that's what vampires would look like. You know, like not not the cave, not the whatever, just like that sort of like weird, like beautiful, but also like inhuman. Yeah, not like just... handsome like Elvis Presley with slick back hair. <laughs> 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 yeah, not like some count or something. like yeah, looks human like the... but doesn't move human. And like the bat like mm-hmm. kind of sound behind her, and like that purring that they that they used, it was like very. Yeah, it was, it was really evocative, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really shows the otherworldliness of, of what she is. Oh, my God. I was literally just going to say otherworldly, her Jinx. otherworldly power. Because <laughs> <laughs> her, her, her screech, Geralt literally has to shield himself with Ard, which is, and I keep on talking about Ard because I love The Witcher 3. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> just like that moment where she crawls up and before Siri wakes up and she just like tastes her tear and she's like, hmm, you know, that's pretty good. You know, <laughs> it's like... That's just – there's no intent of violence there. She's not trying to hurt Siri. And try, in fact, she's trying to befriend her. And that's just creepier because, you know, like like you said, Kyle, the fact that she's like, you're kind of like me. She says, I've never met anyone alone in the heart like you. Different. Not one of many. And it's like, yeah, that's that's good because there's nothing like that in the books. But Siri – and they're trying to raise Siri's profile as – yeah, very different. There's stuff in her. I mean, she's not evil, but uh, like <laughs> like Verena, but there's parts of her that are dark that other people see and identify. And that's a problem because most people who are going to identify that in her are going to want to use it for their own ends in one way or another. So let's uh, jump to the start of the episode, guys. We have Geralt and Siri on the road. And uh, in dangerous circumstances, because we know how powerful Siri is, and we know people are looking for her, and we get a nice little conversation there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a good setup, and you know, they're bringing up some of the things that are going to be present throughout the season, like facing fear and talking about nightmares. That's a really big deal, and it's pretty cool to the book. Like it's similar to the intro to the short story version, where he just stumbles across a dead merchant and his daughter. And their stuff and is like, okay, well, this is weird because no one stole anything. (laughs) You know, like there's all this good stuff here they didn't take. So that's pretty similar to them going into the town and finding it abandoned and being killed by Verena there. So it's pretty good. It's also kind of similar to the opening of Nightmare on the Wolf, by the way, where we start off with merchants getting killed. We got quite a bit of Nightmare on the Wolf stuff, which we'll talk about in episode two for sure. It pops up a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of connections. But you're right, especially episode two. Traveling on the continent. Never a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so one small change, I guess, is that Geralt was hired by Novellan's uh, dad to kill wyverns, which is, you know, whatever. That's That makes some sense. Novell, he's, he's good to him. He treat, you know, treats him like a little kid. So it's kind of like, I don't know, did that read sort of like a little bit of setup for how he's he was good to, to boy Novellan, which is like a lead in to how he's treating Siri. But, you know, obviously the circumstances are way different. But having a soft spot for kids and the way they're, you know, he doesn't want his the dad to like go off on his son. So he steps in and is like, yeah, your son did this and, and all that. 
And then he turns into a monster, which King Roman says, I am a big fan of monsters, and this episode delivered my favorite of the series. Backing up, though, to Geralt's here on the road, I, I missed, I wanted to say this, uh, there's that line, your father didn't know what he was giving up. I was like, well, about that. <laughs> he sort of didn't, but he didn't really intend on giving you up, did he? <laughs> he? He might have known more than he was letting on. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> Quite a lot more. <laughs> we also um, get a discussion about Kara Moore, and we get a lot of that, because you know, obviously... Series inquisitive and Geralt kind of wants to let her know what's going on there and I thought that that was a really nice setup too because uh, you know when Sarah gets to care more and it's just a bunch of men I, I really enjoyed that part of the conversation too because it gives us a little bit of insight in how important it is to Geralt the unavoidable uh, Game of Thrones comment uh, how similar was the dialogue's entirely different but the point was very similar the facing your fear discussion was very similar to Ned and Bran's, you know, opening one of the first scenes they ever had about fear. You, know, you can only be brave when you're afraid, that kind of thing. That uh, had a very similar vibe to me. And I really appreciate it because that's one of, uh, you know, that's a really important conversation that all young people need to have. A lot of adults, too. It's just a big part of human existence. We all have fear. And we don't all face monsters, maybe not literally, but figuratively, sure. It's a good reality check for Siri because she is a princess from Sintra. There's going to be a hard road ahead, and we do see that. You know, obviously her training in Caramorn and whatnot, but it's it's a good setup for that. And Geralt's like, listen, the world is a hard place, and we're going to be encountering monsters. I'm a witcher, like, and things are not going to get easier here. So it's like, I really enjoyed that part of it as well. Yeah, something that stuck out to me from that conversation. Well, two things. Is one, uh, we start the pattern of occasionally Geralt calling Siri Cirilla. <laughs> like, yeah. which felt, using the kids full name yeah it felt very dad to me like this is important <laughs> you have to focus felt possessive right like a possessive like, like I'm your yeah. dad yeah yeah but also she you know when Siri wakes up and talks about her dream I think she says that you know she's talking about what happened to Sintra and she says that she was too helpless to stop any of it and looking back like that actually is really her thesis for the whole season that she is kind of it, it that that idea of being helpless is going to drive her, like, all of her actions going forward. And I, yeah, I thought it was really cool that they could just kind of, like, slip that in there at the beginning. Which is why she, which is why she pushes herself so much throughout the mm -hmm. season, too. Yeah, yeah be, I was going to say the yeah. same thing. Yeah, you're right. As soon as she, as soon as that door opens to her, she charges headlong through. Like, she doesn't want to leave her sword. She's like, nah, I eat with my sword. <laughs> Marina and the mention of the wild hunt here are, are like early setups for what Siri is facing as well. You're, you were totally right to mention like the she wants to protect herself and she's seeing the need for that. And Geralt finally does, too. But everywhere they go, people want her, not just for their power, but in this case, Verena, this is she, you know, has this camaraderie and desire to be around her for reasons other than her great power. But it's still obviously a problematic situation. But it's like a build up to all the people that want to try to take hold of her. The Wild Hunt, <laughs> M here. Uh, yeah, exactly. So there's just all these different directions. So they got to kind of bring them in one at a time. And I like starting slow with that, you know, just showing how even people who aren't interested in her for her power, they still are drawn to her. The different, and that's a theme all throughout the season. You got monsters just coming for her or coming near her, um, at which she's partly quote-unquote responsible for you know 
Yeah, she's a she's a big part of the prophecy of Ithleen, which we hear about. Yes. Next, we have uh, Geralt and Ciri heading to meet Nivellen. We get it's pretty similar to the book intro. Yeah, the angry house, him charging out, <laughs> and yeah, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love the guys? You guys love the food just falling from the ceiling. <laughs> really like, I was really wondering how they were going to do that. And we're like, yeah, okay, that works. Pretty, some pretty interesting conversations that start here, Mikael. <laughs> the start of uh, some whimsical conversations. We start to learn a lot about Geralt's history too, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, so we, you know, we have the, the stuff with uh, Novell and kind of, he dwells a little bit less on his being like a weak-chinned, weakling <laughs> um that he does in the book <laughs> it's interesting like getting him getting to see him like perform that story for siri as opposed to like just kind of hello gerald nice to meet you here's my here's my life story you know yeah um, yeah that's better yeah you're right it's better by the way you can't do weak chin with christopher hibjew anyway no, so he has a very strong <laughs> chin <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about the curse too cool yeah, the the curse is really interesting. I think it's uh, you know Geralt says there's a mighty power in love and blood, and this, these are some of the stuff we talked about the short story. This is stuff that were carried over very well, and it's really powerful. It's really evocative, and it's it sets up really well some of the other things that are going to happen on the grander scale with some of the other characters. Siri. Yeah, mostly with Siri, uh, but <laughs> love, love and blood are so important to Siri because she literally has elder blood in here, and her and the Geralt, the whole law surprise thing. Geralt's gonna be showing his love for Siri and have, having to protect her throughout the whole series. So, kind of a plot. There is there is a lot of mirroring I find in this season, like those kind of like you might think little things like that, the love and blood curse, like those things that are kind of mirrored between, yeah, kind of that thread that goes throughout different plot lines. Yeah. And and quick shout out to another a couple of things they included really nicely from the books was like Roach's role in this episode was like it was in the short story. Roach does a lot as Roach's like time to shine. Right. Especially given they kill her off later and or one of them. Roach gave warning in the short story. I really appreciate that. Like, and, and this one, Roach is like nudging girl all of a sudden, like, dude, check it out. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me check it out. I appreciate that, along with the really nice work in of the story of Lara and Kreganen, which is really cool. The Fall of the Elders. It's told like a fairy tale, and it's a really good way to introduce that story uh, with the lights and the lamp and the music. Just that was super well done. And I didn't see that coming, but it fit perfectly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I love the, you know, the backstory and just the, the way series kind of drawn to it and isn't like the, nobody comments on like, you're drawn to this story, but it's kind of evident that she is. And I thought, yeah, that was a really good way of setting up the season. There, there's a lot of stuff in the season that goes directly to the to the myth and the lore of, of the Witcher. And like, I, yes. I felt very glad for Kyle because yeah. you couldn't like, you couldn't walk two steps without hearing about the conjunction of spheres in this season. It's funny. It's funny. One of the first messages to me, because Aziz watched it like five or six later after, five, five or six days later after me and Mikhail were done watching. And Mikhail goes, Kyle, this is your season. Conjunction of spheres, <laughs> mythology, all this shit. I'm like, yes, history is simultarily. Like, you, you should have seen our conversations. Like, Mikhail would send, one message and I would said seven like that's how excited I was <laughs> one thing but I kind of so wish cool, I, I kind of wish Geralt had like I thought the conversation where he talks about the uh you know the the temple um trashing the temple was well it was really interesting on on one level because having read the books after I watched season one it was very interesting to see kind of how they change things to be a little bit more like 
unsexist and less problematic. So when Nivellen leaves out the fact that he, you know, raped the priestess, which is part of the story, um, in the, in the, in the short story, I was like, oh, okay, I guess they, they left out that part. Um, and then to bring it back at the end was really interesting. I do kind of wish that they had included, I think Geralt says, like, he's like, oh yeah, the, the temple of the lion headed spider. And Geralt's like, oh no, that's a really bad one. Don't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that line stuck with me. I wish it had been in there, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are God flesh mushrooms? I don't want them. <laughs> you bring up a really Nothing you about bring... this is good. <laughs> no. You bring up a really excellent point, though, Mikhail, and we kind of, you know, obviously we, we love kind of having you as like, you know, like, especially when there's, stuff happening to women we love having a woman's voice on the podcast for this kind of stuff and i think that having a woman judge Nivellen, like having siri there rejecting Nivellen after he says hey mm. you know what i mean like this Good is point. a really bad thing not just because Geralt's the one that ends up rejecting him in the end right like Geralt goes on his you know adventure and leaves Mikhail, uh Nivellen there i was gonna say mccallan <laughs> 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 But you know what? This I, is what I, I put up that, with guys. <laughs> but I, but I, but I but I feel that uh, that is so much more powerful for Siri to do because it is an issue of rape, and what Nivellen did was obviously terrible. He leaves his villagers to die to Verena, but this is something that's part of his curse. So I feel like it makes the moment even stronger because we didn't have Siri in this moment in the books. That's a great point. Yeah, having her there—that's that's really true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing that they do with him because they they have him very remorseful like it you know in the in the story he's not really he's just kind of like well i have this weird situation you know yeah you're <laughs> right he's, he's only a little bit remorseful there it's like kind of makes light undertone. of it you know what i mean he's like all oh, fantastical about yeah. it yeah. here he's explicitly siri keeps trying to for, to like forgive him by proxy and he's like nope I don't deserve it. Nope, nope. <laughs> but but Gareth's Gar- definitely more apprehensive, though. He's like, you need to learn a little bit more, Siri. Yeah. Like, yeah. He also is just suspicious. Gareth's suspicious yeah. of what's going on there. Oh, like, what sure. is all this? Where Siri? And rightly so. I mean, he ends up saving him in, in Siri, so. Yeah, but I think what, what's really interesting is that, like, they don't necessarily condemn Nivellen, or the, the story doesn't, I don't think, for, like, the rape. I mean, they do condemn him for the rape. But I felt like his his punishment as, you know, being this lonely creature in a, in a castle, you know, was, was kind of his opportunity to be better than that, to like improve upon himself and, you know, whatever. And he just so blatantly fails at doing that because he's so afraid of being alone. So he like, he, he ignores all of the stuff that happens to, you know, the villagers. Someone mentioned this in the comments and it's totally true. I think that's kind of his main crime that he, he lets Verena go, crazy and kill all the all the villagers and he doesn't give a shit because he doesn't want to be alone and that is like a really interesting twist on it um and i also just thought it was a, an extremely powerful moment once when when he admits to raping the priestess and and Geralt and siri both like go ice cold and it's like this conversation is over yeah the music changes yeah it's just like whoa yeah uh they like siri was like i said trying to forgive him like trying to be like no you're not as bad as you say but then she doesn't have another word to say yeah. <laughs> she just like turns around she's like oh let's um okay then <laughs> she also didn't know about the villagers you know she knew about the the servants but she forgave him for that because she said look you just woke up as a monster didn't know what you were didn't know your strength like that's that might be forgivable even if you don't forgive yourself for that but even she can't forgive him for this these two things these last two things yeah 
Let's talk about this, uh, Novell and wallowing in his self-recrimination. Let's talk about this awesome quote here. I have it quoted or have it highlighted here. Really awesome quote from the episode. Monsters are born of deeds done, unforgivable ones, which is something that Novellum himself says. It's it's a lot more self-aware than he would be, I think, in the in the short story. It's it's really sad because he is he's oh he almost gets it, you know? Like he does, yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of wonder like if like what the situation would have been if he had admitted to Geralt and Siri like the reason why he was actually cursed was because he raped the priestess. If he had come clean about that and admitted to his wrongdoing right up front, if they would have reacted in the same way, I, I, you know, I think part of it is just that, like, he kind of felt like it was his secret to keep, mm. you know, and, and it's just object, objectively, objectively not. It's part of protecting Verena as well, because he doesn't want them to, you know, find out more. He's happy to see them go because of her, even though he's battling himself on that because as you said he's so lonely and he's only recently become less lonely because of Verena it really goes to show there's a statement on how powerful loneliness is to people like you can people will do really bad stuff because of intense loneliness not just to others but to themselves because uh, mm. as Novellan is maybe you know is hard on himself he's perhaps you know there's there's certainly issues with the way he frames himself but He's not light on himself. He's not forgiving himself. That's for sure, you know. So uh, you're right that the remorse is much more pronounced in this in the show than in the story. And Christopher Hivju sells it so well, too. He's just acting, like you said at the beginning, McCall, that's a huge part of it is he's really good in this role. <laughs> like back and is forth it? between being like haphazard, happy and goofy to tragic. Like that's hard to do. Like, but it's also something the Witcher novels do really well in general. Like the going from silly to tragic on a turn of a dime and then back again. Um, that's something I just always really like about these about the Witcher. I had uh, I had a conversation with a couple of uh, non-book uh, reader friends, and they said, "Well, they fell for Novellan because he was such a char- charming character." You know what I mean? Mm. And Christopher Hibbert is such a charming guy himself, so that's why he was perfect for the role. But it's like obviously um, isolation can do a lot to the human mind. There's studies on that, and loneliness is a very very uh, terrible thing you know i th- we've all experienced a little bit of loneliness in our lives but like long experience uh, experiences of that can lead to something like this where you let a vampire feed off you and then it leads to a, a whole nother situation where you know Navalna is literally letting all the villagers get killed by a vampire and, you know what i mean so it's like this big it's chaos essentially with no magic <laughs> even though he is being entranced yeah yeah Another uh, important line here, what's it like being alone because of who you are? And f- framed with that is the this ever-growing and present question of monster versus human. What makes a monster is deeds. Like you said, the quote is really perfect. But he, it just, no, I don't, I don't think that theme is explored so uh, front and center uh, as much as this episode, except maybe... The episode one of first season where it's a front and center from the other direction with um, uh, Renfrey. 
So uh, with things with her line, like, if I'm a monster, then why aren't you using your silver sword on me, Geralt? You know, things like that. So it's it's, uh, it's, it's like reframing that here at the beginning of the season as, a, as an important centerpiece of, of witcherdom. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> I kind of thought Siri had her own red and free moment with um, Verena at the end also. Like when, oh. when Verena's head gets cut off and like Renfrey is the girl in the woods will be with you forever. Like the, um, when Verena tells her, what is she, I don't remember exactly what she says, but she's like, he'll, he'll come after you too. And it's that kind yeah. of like prophetic, you know, thing. Ooh. Well said, because th- as you say that, I realize another important connection there too is, which is when Verena has this really powerful line says, don't run. I can't help myself if you run. And it's really powerful because she's sad. She's like, please don't. Like, I really, really don't want to kill you, but I won't be able to help myself. And she's like fighting herself and it's really moving. And remember when Renfrey and Geralt have a similar exchange, he's like, stop, Renfrey, stop. If we fi- start fighting, I won't be able to stop. Right. And that's. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's awesome. Pretty, that's really well done. But it also should like you know Siri we we see Siri's naivete in this episode too like it doesn't doesn't matter if she was a monster she loved you and then like that that that's part of the the awesome kind of start off and that's why I actually really love Siri this inclusion in this adaptation of it is because like it really starts to begin the kind of lesson of Siri learning how dangerous the continent is yeah. From Geralt's perspective. And more than it should be, though. Even Geralt's like, what the hell? Like, this is, I I told you it was dangerous out here, but this is more than I thought. That's a Bruxa. (laughs) Like, Bruxa being, like, one of the high, high level things that could kill a witcher pretty easily. Like, if it wasn't Geralt, like, the other witcher might have been dead and Ciri might be dead. That's a good point. Yeah, you need a a, a, a cop witcher. Like, Lambert. Askel, maybe Vazimir, maybe one of Put some respect on my boy Cohen, okay? (laughs) I I said Cohen. He was the first one I mentioned. I'm saying he'd be fine. I'm I'm just... (laughs) Well, speaking of witchers, that's a good lead into their drinking contest where the subject comes up, uh, which also continues the love theme. It's important you bring up Yennefer, who was not a part of this short story originally, because mm-hmm. again, she wasn't created, so she was woven in very well. Geralt said, you know, Nivellen is like, you know, what changed you? And he says, who? Yennefer of Vengerberg. And he's like, well, what happened to her? She's like, she's dead a few days ago, which is, I didn't think of it at the time. That's about to be where Nivellen is. He's about to have lost his love, you know, like a day later from that scene. It's a good, another good example of heaviness framed with silliness like Geralt's like they're throwing daggers at, you know at a and have playing a drinking game like that's kind of goofy but not in a bad way but like it's it's lighthearted. but and Geralt's making these facial expressions because he's like why am I missing like what the hell's going on here I don't miss I'm the damn witcher man <laughs> so he knows something's up and he plays along but then there's this line where uh, Nivellen's like, You've, you're turned into monsters to fight other monsters. And Geralt's like, that's not going to happen to her. And then what do we have happen? Like this plot line where <laughs> she wants to inject herself with the, <laughs> with the mixture that's, that uh, Triss and, and Vesemir work up. And it's like, ah, it almost did happen to her, Geralt. <laughs> yeah, it's also, I think it, it encapsulates like the contradictions of Nivellen very well because like he is, you know, great, jovial, genuinely in love with Marina, all this stuff. But there is a real dark side. There, There's a lot of stuff he keeps in shadow that he kind of, I think, he almost uses his obvious monstrousness to hide that. 
And like it, it, you know, that seemed to me like with him playing a trick on Geralt like that so that he could just get all the information without having to answer any questions himself is like, that's not the worst thing anyone's ever done, but it, it has a kind of lack of trust in it, you know, and, and given that they're his guests and, and Geralt is already on edge about Siri being safe there. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it definitely has a dark tone to it. This kind of jumping around, by the way, is something that Andrei Sapkowski is a master at. It has continued out throughout the whole series. And it's part of why the Witcher book series is one of my all-time favorites. I highly encourage everyone who hasn't read the books to get into them. But, like, it's just, I, I feel like it, especially in this short story, is reflected because of the character in the valley. You know, he's a charming character. And then we see, obviously, the whole tragic backstory of it. It's like, whoa, your eyes really get open to it. It's like... It feeds you little bits of it, and then it really kind of explodes at the end, and you're like, okay, this is what's really going on here. Sapkowski is so good at that. Couple other little tidbits here. Um, more about the moment where she dies, which is just, you know, really well done. You have Hivju's reaction. And pulling himself towards her. That went on for a oh, while. Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> he says free. This is what you call free. It's like, ooh. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> and then it, when you have lines like, it doesn't matter if she was a monster, she loved you. And they're like, ooh, that's, that's, that makes it harder. <laughs> so, yeah, just really powerful, man. Just uh, really I, there's, there's some creepy moments, though, like, you know, like Verena pulling herself forward. Like, you know, like uh, like it was, she was in the movie 300 or something, had a spear in her and like just like <laughs> – you know what I mean? And then twist her head twist. And then obviously we get Geralt uh, beheading her, which is – and then the head doing twitchy things. So the whole thing, the whole thing was well done. It was just yeah. like right until the end. Well, it's a great contrast, right? Like it, that you couldn't get any less human than somebody being impaled on a spear, turning themselves around and like pulling themselves up the spear. And yet she's motivated in that by love, which is, you know, obviously a very <sighs> human thing. So it's heartbreaking. Oh, it's so the Geralt's reaction, his Geralt's facial expressions in this episode in particular are strong. Like he's free. He's super good at it in general, especially in this role, Henry Cavill, because it's really required in this role. When the curse is broken, Geralt's almost sad. Like you notice his head drops because he realizes for the curse to have been broken, it must have been true love. And so that's like really bitter. He's like, okay, so they really were truly in love. And that's why it's like, oh, so you're, that's why he's, that's why they bring up this point of free. Is this what you call free? He's like, now I've, I've lost everything. Maybe it's better for the world, but now I'm in my own personal hell. And he, and he sees how it could have kept going. Like, yeah, it was evil to like kill the villagers for sure. But the thing is she could keep feeding off of him and he wasn't going to die because he would just regenerate. Like, that's why he, that, that was implied by how he kept trying to kill himself and he couldn't. Like, it would just, part of the curse was that he would come back. So she could just feed on him forever. She was never going to, like, kill him or turn him or anything. Again, it's it's that kind of, it's that blindness. Yeah, having that for eternity is, like, kind of messed up, though, right, Mikhail? Like, I don't know. Like, it's not something I would want. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go for it, but, like, <laughs> she is pretty, so I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, man. <laughs> I mean, if you're terribly lonely, I don't know. It might appeal, yeah. to, you know, I don't know. It really emphasizes the tragedy of it because it, you know, Nivellen really is so close to having everything be okay. And, like... He just really, he never, he never gets there. He just, yeah. Allowing, I guess, the cruelty that motivated him to rape the priestess to manifest 
in his lack of care for the the people who are under his protection is like yeah i i just i love how we keep coming back to like that just being like a really impossible sin to get around one one thing that i also love is uh the whole true love thing was uh, mousek told me of a hedgehog man who was cured by true love <laughs> and she sa- and he says Navillan says maybe he was worthy i'm like oh no he's not <laughs> and it wasn't true love that cured him either there's a lot of you got that story pretty wrong there y'all <laughs> he's a uh, he's he's something he's something he, he was a hedgehog man that part's true <laughs> we won't talk too much about that right now that's for later episodes but that i thought i'd later. sprinkle that in <laughs> yeah. but i i love how that's like already seated in here that's it's thread i'm really excited to follow through this season oh. and going forward uh, yes. shout out to christopher hivju and agnes Bourne. that was the actress playing verena uh she's kind of a new on the scene she doesn't have a lot of credits but her first role was in a production called monster so there you go hmm. uh, we're gonna have a big season wrap up and we'll have a little section for like mvps and stuff like that that'll be kind of fun in chat you can get into that too these are t- two in consideration for a single episode mvp i think like really really well done it's nice to see Siri in this perspective because she kind of gets to be the voice of all the girls that have gone through in the book Novellan's manner and kind of, you know, we hear his perspective on their lives and like, it doesn't seem like it's a bad thing, you know, that they sleep together. It seems to be consensual, but we kind of get her point of view as like the unsuspecting girl who gets the bath and yeah. the dress and, you know, the food and all this, all this like lavished attention. Um, and the other thing I just want to mention is the line that Verena says about, you know, when she she's talking to Siri for the first time and she's they're talking about Geralt and she says she he, you know, he kills monsters or whatever. And um, Siri says that monsters do bad things to humans. And Verena has a very good counter argument, which is that humans do bad things to everyone. Yeah, it was a really good I line. I can't argue with that. <laughs> Man, that's a good line. Yes. <laughs> and especially if you consider what Siri's doing by accident. It's not her fault, but like she unleashed all these monsters on the world by accident. Later, she's possessed. Like, yeah, like all these things, all these terrible things happen that out of her control. So we have this Battle of Sodden, right? The afterwards, which is nicely tied in because Siri, that's what she's dreaming of when she's waking up and having those dreams of being taken by Kay here. So it's a nice like tie, uh, you know, the plot lines are connected. And then, of course, they actually show up there at the battlefield. And that's the prologue of Battle of Elves or Battle of Elves. Blood of Elves is is the Siri having the There's dream a Battle of, of Elves, Sintra. though, is he? So you're good. There is also. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, this reaction after meeting Taseya, again, another amazing, like, acting on his part, just his very, like, masculine, uh, nothing affects me, visit, you know, f- facade is clearly... Yeah, nostrils flaring. Is clearly breaking. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, Henry Cavill is, is very good at this, especially this role in particular. So I love that replay feature. How cool was that little replay feature that to say I was using as gory as it was? I was like, that was kind of a neat device. I, I like I like how it was visualized because we do see to say I do some torturing. And I, I was like, oh, how is this going to translate to the screen? But I felt yeah. it was effective because you know, we kind of get a little bit of redemption from Kay here in the middle of the season. But it was interesting to see how much pain he was in because she literally had her fingers in his brain. So yeah, I was like, <laughs> It was like, yeah, like it, 
that was neat. Like backing up just a little bit, like Vilgefortz tries to get her to stop searching for Yennefer, mm. which at the time is just like, stop hurting yourself. You know, you, you know, you need to give it up or whatever. But later you're like, this guy's, he's got ulterior motives here. <laughs> Guys, I don't know. I think something might be up with Vilgefortz. Yeah. <laughs> what is this guy up to? I really appreciate the healing of Triss moment there, because I think that was a little nod to Triss's allergies. Triss has allergies to elixirs and a lot of stuff, which is raised in Blood of Elves when she goes to Kaer Morin. And they're like, no, none of that. I'm allergic to it. And that's, you know, remember she gets sick in the caravan, right? And that's uh, probably still going to have that caravan scene, by the way. It just appears to be set up for the beginning of season three. Um, it was but like a third of the way through Blood of Elves. So that's probably still going to happen. It's just been moved. Yay, we get to see Triss pooping her guts out. <laughs> Poor Triss. More Triss, the better. <laughs> she just gets yeah. like the most human of all this. She has to be allergic. She has nobody can cure her burns. And she has a massive intestinal parasite that wreaks havoc on her system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally true. So, Kyle, yeah, you mentioned the, uh, the torture. It's really interesting because Artorius, who... It has uh, an interesting role this season. That's, of course, Fringilla's uncle. And he is uh, more of a about sticking to the rules. And so he's against this torture of Kay here because it's against the rules. But Vilgefortz, of course, is there to be like, oh, she wasn't asking your permission because obviously Vilgefortz doesn't care about the damn rules. <laughs> and um, there's such good camera work in that scene, the torture scene. There's this incredible shot where he's where it's sideways yeah. and you can only see the stained glass window and the two figures with this light going through. Like, they really went all out with, like, the They did a vertical shot, too, here. where it was, like, above, where you can see, like, both of them from yeah. above. She's, like, you can see the power of to sail, like, kind of like this, and it was, like, a vertical shot. So they got all, a bunch of different shots in there that was cool. And it's a really great theme work, too. McCall, I'd love to hear your take on this because, well, the thing that helps him get through this is his faith right yeah. and that's such a huge part of the next episode with Frangilla and Francesca their faith is like the thing that's really sustaining them too so that's that's really well like mirrored and all yeah so it's it's interesting because you know if, if you know the books Kahir is on a different path I guess you could say yeah. um and you know we've been talking about what just what what they're gonna what they're doing with with him I think, you know, when whenever I see a character who's, like, bad, but I kind of want to like in prison, I'm like, yes, they get to break. They get to have their, like, darkest moment. And then they can, like, start coming out the other side. And at first I thought that was what was going to happen with Kahir. And, you know, just to peek a little bit into further episodes, it's not. And I think that really is because he, he has what is important to him still. At, at this point in the season, like he is, he is still here. He is still possessed of his intense faith in the white flame. So whatever to say it does to him is going to suck, but it's not going to actually break him. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. How good is the back and forth between Fragile and Yennefer? They have such good dialogue. It's like sni- A plus sniping just on both sides. They're both, they both have so many good lines. Like, for example, they argue about you know, losing the battle about fire magic and here's desires or, or what they might be. And there's this great exchange where Yennefer says, you're eager to please, easy to wound. And she retorts, you're blind, Yennefer, which made me laugh because in the book version, Yennefer is blinded in the Battle of Sodden by Fringilla. <laughs> so... It's like, aha, I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be most understanding all leaders are. 
<laughs> Such a good line. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be most understood. <laughs> and I love that, especially because I think, like, Frangilla's talking about the mages, but, like, we see so many more kings and queens in this season, which I really love. And I think that's just a great commentary on their perspective also. It's like, yeah, sure. Like, that's, you know, it's ironic given that Frangilla is, has devoted her life to a leader, but, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a great line. One thing I like about their relationship in this adaptation on the show specifically is, is that we're going to get more screen time for characters like here and Frangilla and, you know, Yennefer and Frangilla have a rich, backstory together and a history together and i think that this is something that's going to continue throughout the show without spoiling too much and i really kind of love this back and forth element of it you know frangilla's actor really broke up for me this season she was one of the mvps for me and like the dot she was so good yeah especially Mm -hmm. like all of her stuff to deal with the faith and uh personally i you know obviously i love exploring the kingdom of nilfgaard more and what faith really means to them and obviously we're going to learn more about their leader's ideals eventually in the future but i I just love because this is the beginning of that and there's so much to explore especially for fingella and her faith it's like a big defining thing for her character and it's like oh they gave us big chunks of that it's like damn okay this is a character i want to learn more about you know it's a pretty good line i've lived through a dark age and three supposed end of days it's all bs maybe not this time Geralt, maybe not. We'll I see. saw someone make a meme of that that was just like millennials. Yeah, <laughs> it's meta. It's a meta thing, right? So like, perfect. oh, like uh, twenty two Y two K twenty twelve. Like, there was a lot of meta moments this season, which I really loved. It wasn't even that meta because they filmed this episode before COVID. So. <laughs> like, but but it kind of is though you know what i mean i just love yeah the, in practice it was but yeah. like they didn't write it being like hey doesn't everything suck or maybe they did and then, then just didn't realize how much it was yeah he could he could have said months. i've lived through through an injury and three supposed end of shootings <laughs> but it is funny because Geralt is much older like we're not 95 and we've kind of lived through like three of those i guess you know what i mean so yeah. you know, yeah. i found that really funny that was great the next one is a little comic relief when they're discussing their awful traumatic nightmares. Geralt says, except for the one about the rock troll, overly friendly, <laughs> tough image to shake. <laughs> There's like a really, really like dumb rock troll in the Witcher 3 games. And it's kind of just funny. I don't know if it's a reference to that at all, but for the Witcher yeah, 3, might be. Witcher 3 fans, especially Ryan will like that. <laughs> so for those, I was so disappointed, by the way. Because I brought this joke, uh, this next joke up, joke I brought up to Kyle and McCall, but neither of them get it because neither of them watch What We Do in the Shadows. So I'm hoping some of you all will get this next one. <laughs> some of you guys watch What We Do in the Shadows. You know that Matt Berry always yells bat when he wants to turn into a bat. And when Nivellen yells bath, it just made me think of that. So please indulge me on that joke. And now we can move on. There was something we talked about in the short story version of this, which was that there's some like cartoony moments on purpose like when there he says a pox on it or when like he talks about how his eyes like it's like they jump out of their face like a cartoon like uh staring at something you know what i mean when their eyes just jump out of your face and things like that uh there's a joke there's a kind of a little bit of a reference to that in this one he says ran away so fast his feet didn't touch the ground <laughs> which is like that's that's like Wiley Coyote or, or, or rather uh, the Roadrunner or whatever. You have these kind of things in cartoons where people run so quickly that their their feet don't touch the ground. So I think that was what they were doing. I got that, that sound. Do, 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 that sound effect of the, the, the. Yeah. <laughs> 
Where there or where their feet turn into little wheels, you know, like <laughs> cartoons where their feet move so fast. Obviously, at the end of the season, we have a lot of characters coming together. But what I really love is that we're getting characters like Ahir and Yennefer together and other characters. And we're getting these different POVs from Nilfgaard and, you know, the the Lodge and uh, Kara Morn and Geralt and Ciri. So they did such a strong job with that this season. And I felt even though we just got a little, little smidgen of that in episode one, it was strong because it was between two really great characters, Yennefer and Frangilla. And uh, obviously at the end of the episode, they get captured. So, yeah, with that said, this has been really, really fun. Like I said, we've been waiting two years to do this to cover the show. We said we were going to keep our promise and we were going to cover the show. So happy that The Witcher Season 2 is back. I know all of you are so excited. Like I said, podcast surprise on Facebook. Come hang out in our Facebook group. We have all sorts of discussions. I usually do like a thread before we go live, you know, kind of like we can talk about spoilers and all sorts of different stuff. And we have like an event page where I make sure, you know, we – um. I just update you when we're going to go live next at Pod of Surprise on Twitter if you want to follow us there. If you go in the description of this, you will find links to uh, Mikal's Twitter. She's a prolific writer, okay? She's got great podcasts of her own. I'm going to let her talk a little bit about that, though, okay? So, Mikal, please spiel for us. Um, sure. Thank you, Kyle. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Inc. as Rain, and um, I also... I'm currently doing a podcast called Nice Jewish Fangirls, which is exactly what it sounds like. The Level 7 Access podcast, which is kind of a, well, it started as an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Now we talk about all things Marvel, Star Wars, Disney+, Plus, that kind of thing. Yeah, and of course, Vassals of Kingsgrave is the, um, you know, the OG original fandom podcast. So, yeah. Thank you, Kyle. We uh, Let me shout out our supporters. These are people who give us a monthly donation, uh, signed up through Anchor to do that. It's Mara Ann, Rhett Crisman, James G, Ryan, School of the Cat, Barry Watson, Lucas M, Robert B, LC, and Amy Blackfire. Thank you so much, y'all. Uh, we don't require money to do this show, but it is nice, and it does encourage us to do even more. We would do it without, but it certainly does uh, give us a little boost, a little motivating boost, gives a little validation and uh, helps us, you know, j- put more time into it because, you know, you have to earn a living out elsewhere. So it does help. We appreciate it. If you do want to support, the one do- there's a $1 option, $5 option, and $10 option. There's a support button right on anchor.fm. So, so thanks, everyone, and you guys all have a great night. Bye.